Hey, Multiply Church, it is your pastors, Stephen and Casey. We're just so pumped to be here, continuing in this journey of podcasting, attempting to get some content into your hands or into your ears. And here we are talking about yesterday, Sunday, March 10th, continuing in Ephesians. What are your thoughts, Stephen? Get, get us going, man. Get us going. Get us going. Hey, multipliers. Yep, that could be a is thing. That, is that a thing? That might be at some point. I think it's like, name it, name your identity, and then... And then try to live into it. Try to live into yeah, it, I think. Okay. Which kind of relates to the message. Oh, right? I the, see what you did there. You see that? Okay. You like that? So at the gathering yesterday, we continued to take a look at Ephesians. Uh, we looked at a whole nother three verses. I know, man. I'm sorry. I just, so I just couldn't get I couldn't get any farther. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we've got all the time in the world, right? All the time. So I think we should be finishing up with Ephesians maybe around twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. Three verses yeah. a Sunday, fifty two Sundays a, Sunday. a year. Yeah, we yeah. got it. It's good, man. Can't wait. So yesterday the message was all about being chosen on purpose for a purpose that uh, God has chosen us and that we are his chosen people and we are chosen on purpose for a purpose. And what does that mean? And I I thought it was pretty inspiring as a message, honestly, because sometimes we just need to be reminded of that identity, that those of us who claim the name of Jesus, right, we take his name, we put it on ourselves as an adjective in the form of Christian um, as opposed to any other label uh, that 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 there's a lot to that. That means a lot for who we are. And we talked a lot about um, what it looks like to move from um, not having the identity of Christ as primary to that becoming our primary identity, and how, especially in the early church with the with the people who Paul was writing this letter to originally, they had a lot to deal with uh, when it came to their identity right. and how they operated as one new people who were chosen on purpose. For purpose. Yeah, I feel like a lot, especially chapter one of Ephesians, if you haven't read it through recently and you want to give it a look, there's a lot of identity issues in there. And I think for the context of the Jews and the Gentiles receiving this letter in Ephesus, and that's happening all over the Mediterranean, but specifically in this uh, city, I think that's something Paul was really drilling into and, and takes the entire opening sequence, because they didn't have chapters back then, right? But the opening sequence of his letter to say, like, let me make sure that y'all know who you all are before we can talk about what you're then supposed to do with who you are. Yeah. So I think this these next several weeks are going to be a lot of identity things. And who are we in Christ? Not me. Who are we in Christ together? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned a few things uh, some things that we typically think of when we think about our identity, who we are, our bloodline, you know, our family of origin, um, our ethnicity, and a lot of the culture that we bring with us. And here we have a group of people, and you know, I don't think Paul is saying, "Hey, leave all those things behind." He's saying, you know, bring them with you. But at the same time, how are multiple families of origin, multiple ethnicities, multiple cultures going to come together under this new primary identity? as saints and as people who are chosen uh, on purpose for a purpose. And that's where a lot of the friction comes from. Yeah. The Jews specifically, I think, from from just studying and, and spending time in, in Scripture and then knowing historically, the Jews had like hundreds of years 
of hearing about how amazing they were and that they were God's chosen people, you know, seeds of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, like, the, you know, we're the, the people that are going to bless the nations. I think this turn, this this shift into a holistic approach, even though it was prophesied over that eventually it would be for the Gentiles, I think this shift was massively difficult and bringing those two culturally, ethnically, uh, geographically different people together uh, is is a big part of what Christ was trying to do. So when we see in our society or in our culture divisions within the body of Christ, whatever they may be, I think it, it this is a reminder. Ephesians is a reminder that maybe that should be like a yellow flag to us. Like, hey, there's there's division where there shouldn't be. There's there's separation where there shouldn't be. Why is that? And what's our role in, in bringing those things back together where they should be? Yeah, how do we operate out of unity? Um, as as these this new people that uh, you know we have a purpose and I loved when you uh, referenced the idea of adoption um, that Paul speaks to in this section of Ephesians um, that you know when we think about birthright we think about entitlement uh, but when we think about adoption we think more of a humble gratitude mm. um, that to be adopted um, to be chosen um, to to come into uh, a new um, care of someone sure. is something to be gracious about and to be humbled by. Um, but we also know that personally from stories of adoption of f- families that we know, friends that we mm-hmm. know that have um, adopted children, that it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. That you're, you're welcoming someone into something that they haven't been a part of the rhythm. They, they might not know some of the language. They might not know some of those pieces. Um, and, and yeah, it, it can be difficult, which I think is some of what Paul is speaking to and why he has to write these letters, because he's probably hearing about issues, hearing about division, hearing about um, some, some squabblings, and he has to take a stand and say, hey, guys, like, here's how we're all going to play together. And something I missed yesterday that I was reminded of, uh, I talked a lot about the Gentiles being adopted into kind of God's chosen people, but but in the new covenant and in Christ now, it's not just the Gentiles that's adopted in, it's it's the Jews as well. We are all now adopted into this family spiritually uh, in Christ, through Christ, versus what you were just talking about before, that kind of birthright feeling uh, versus uh, like this humble gratitude that God would actually welcome us into the family. So I, I wanted to make sure that distinction was there because it's not just the Gentiles that are adopted. We all are. Right. That's right. Yeah. So it's it's a new family. Yeah. Like you said, it's a whole new family, a new bloodline. New bloodline, new race. New race. That's right. New ethnicity. Yeah, absolutely. New culture. Um, so one of the things that uh, I thought of yesterday as we were talking about this and how um, this idea of unity in a new family can really break down uh, some some of our typical lanes uh, in which we live is uh, what happens when you only have one group at the table? Uh-huh. Which was a question I think you asked during the message uh, yesterday. Okay. Um, so oh. and one type one one type of person okay. right around yeah. the table around the table making decisions. So that's right. When you just have one one type of person one uh, within a particular group, and what happens is those that are around that table uh, are ignorant, and more importantly for us maybe are incomplete um, than what they could be. Uh, if there were others around the table um, who did not look like them, who did not come from the same culture, who did not bring the same perspective and the same understandings of life. Yeah. 
so I think specifically, we just call a spade a spade. Specifically, I was talking about um, the the town that we live in in, in North Carolina uh, did not practice or did not celebrate uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day until three years ago. And and the, perp- the the reasoning behind that was the people that were sitting at the table and part of the the council, well, they were all white people. And no, no offense to white people, I'm I'm white. Uh, but when you sit at tables with only people that look like you and think like you and have historical context as you, you don't necessarily get the the fullness of the picture, which is, hey, there's a there's a man named Martin Luther King Jr. that was murdered. And his life and 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 birthday is celebrated because it's a really big deal uh, in the the African American community, and maybe it's something we should do too. So it took it took a a person stepping into that space that was a person of color, an African American gentleman that that raised the flag and said, "Hey guys, like this should probably be something we do uh, because it's important." And all the people on the table, from what I understand, kind of said, "Oh, well, sorry, we we didn't know." But when you get those circles and when you get those tables that are all one type of person, uh, you, can, you can miss the completeness. So even in uh, what Paul is talking about and, and this, this coming together of both uh, Jews and Gentiles under this new race, under this new bloodline, uh, we now have an expression of the church that, that is more complete and more full uh, of uh, the, the multicolored, multi um, faceted church. So it, it all kind of ties together. But the, some, some of the other pieces that were fun to talk about, I don't know if you've read Ephesians recently, but verse five talks about predestination. And that's just like a super hot topic, which I'm just going to be honest with you. And this is awkward talking about a sermon I just did 24 hours ago. I just, just so everyone knows this is awkward, but I think it'll work. Um, but talking about predestination, like I totally just shirked away. I just, right. it just isn't, it isn't to me something worth going down the the road that's going to either pull people out or push people in or make them think that there's like lines of uh, uh, of like what it means to be on board with that. So was that yeah was in, that okay? Well, in my experience with the church, it tends to be something that divides people, and then I think there's a certain select people who are concerned with that, and the rest of the people are they don't care. What, what do you mean? Like, who, the, who are the people? So the people who are crafting the messages and writing the books and yes. the commentaries yes. and heart in the seminaries. It's a big deal to them. Very big deal. That's great. Yeah. Nobody else cares. <laughs> no. that's, so and that's true. it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. So like you said yesterday, right, it it doesn't matter how you got here, it matters what you do once you're here. Yeah. So <laughs> when you come to the place where you recognize your sainthood in Jesus who cares how you got here? Yeah, that's true. And and it, from what I understand, there's so much misunderstoodness about what predestination. I mean, the word itself, we we see it in the text uh, as predestination, but the Greek word used actually just means like to choose or to decide beforehand, not necessarily like the way that we think of it. Of like, oh well, no matter what I do, I'm predestined to do fill in the blank. It's like, no, 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 you, you got free will, man. So like, let, you can figure that stuff out later. So whether you're whether you're a uh, saint because you were chosen or chosen because you're a saint, I could care less. I'm just pumped that you're a saint now, if, if that's you and if you've submitted to the, the lordship of Jesus. Uh, but now that we're here, okay, what now? So that's kind of the question. Yeah. And, and, and not that I want to make this too like application centric, 
because uh, some of this you just have to like stew on. But like, okay, wh- where do we go from here? What what happens when we as a community kind of take hold of this? What could it drive us to do? Yeah. Well, if we were chosen on purpose for a purpose, that purpose is to fulfill God's promise. Uh, so God continues um, to be on mission himself uh, around this promise of um, creating a new family. And we get to be a part of forming that family together uh, in the name of Jesus. And we get to be a part of reconciling a hurt and a broken world back to its creator. And so it's this idea of, okay, we're, we're, we're chosen on purpose, for purpose, and that purpose is to fulfill the promises of God. And that's important for us because, like you said, we have this tendency to make it all about us. Mm. You know, if I make it all about me and my personal relationship with Jesus, my personal relationship with God, then what ends up happening as that plays out is I actually have opportunities to forsake others to fulfill my relationship with God. And if we are ever forsaking other people uh, who God loves and for whom God, for whom Jesus died, um, then we're probably getting it wrong as far as our purpose. It's no longer the story of God. It's the story of me. Story of me, yeah. And And, and you brought up a great point that, again, this like, what does it mean to fulfill the promise that God said he's going to bless the nations, bless this world through people, uh, we see the broken world, we see the, the, the divisive world, uh, just turn on the news for 10 minutes and like you're going to get a feel for it. But is there anything else that you know of that can actually bring uh, unity and and levelness of hierarchy, right? Like bring together unity without hierarchy that exists on the planet that could be a beacon of light besides Jesus. Like, do you see that anywhere else in, in, in society or, or pieces of that? Because I... That's one of the things that I'm wrestling with is like, what could and should this look like that people would want to step into that are currently not stepping into? What can we express that would allow that? Yeah, I think people are always looking for a greater narrative. They're looking for meaning and purpose outside of just themselves into which they can step to make a difference. Right. And so that's what the grand narrative of God is. Uh, that it is God blessing the nations. And it's interesting, even the language of the gospel. Right it says the gospel was spoken to Abraham, mm-hmm. and the gospel was blessing of the nations. Yeah, and we tend to take that word gospel and make it very thin about this personal salvation for each individual versus the grander story. Right, that's right. All right, well, listen, stew on that. Uh, we will talk to y'all next week. Have a great week. God bless you. See you soon.